you have your Bibles for a few moments, turn with me to the book of John, chapter 1. Going to read verse number 45 and 46, 47, 48. Thank our guests for being here. God bless you. Please let us have an opportunity to greet you when service is over. And I pray that God will have done something great in your life. John chapter 1 and verse number 45. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed of whom is no guile. And Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Behold, that Philip came to thee when thou wast under the fig tree. I saw thee. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. What a revelation. But it didn't begin that way. Amen. Can any good thing come out of of Nazareth, and you may be seated. Thank you for standing in honor of the Word of God. Life is such a mystery, and it is such a strange thing to figure out. It is often filled with the intersection of events that perhaps at the moment seem to be mere chance or circumstance. And yet when you look back at life, you realize that if it had not been for that moment, your life would be completely different. Anybody think about the first time you met your wife or your husband and that moment of connection and then all of the things that ensued from that perhaps chance moment. Uh, Some of you may have been on the look and the prod for a wife or a husband, but most people, I think, found their mate uh, more uh, not by accident but by seeming chance uh, than, than we like to admit. But life is like that. There is such a mystery about it, and there is such... Uh, an unknowingness to it. You, we, as as educated and and as uh, brilliant as we may be, there's just some things about life that are hard to decipher. They're hard to uh, put it all together. Uh, and as a result of that, I think that's where a lot of questions pop up in life. I think because of the unanswered. Uh, the unknowable, the unexplainable. Uh, There are matters of life that are so difficult that we cannot understand. And so there are oftentimes a a lot of questions. 
And because of that, there are a lot of people that get hung up on the question. They, they get hung up on what they don't know or what they can't understand or explain, what they can't make sense of or the things that seem to be unresolvable oftentimes hang people's life up. And questions are common to all of us. I don't know anybody in this building that has not at some time wondered in your mind what in the world is going on with my life or what is going on in life. You just don't know how to explain it. And I think as a result of that, there often comes to us a certain hardening. Uh, When you're young and your heart is broken, you can rebound from that relatively quickly and easily when you're in grade school and your love of the lifetime uh, decides that she likes Tommy that sits on the other side better than she likes Jack sitting on this side and your heart is crushed and broken and you go home and you write all those love letters and you say all those things about life you don't really know much about life at that point some of you are smiling I think maybe y'all did that at some point. Was it just me that had those experiences? Anybody with me so far? But you don't have to get hurt many times until you start putting layers of protection around yourself. You, you, you don't get bumped in life very often until you start thickening the wall so that the blow does not hurt quite as much the next time. So that by the time that we are adults, there's a lot that we have to navigate through. And we're oftentimes very careful about relationships and so forth because there is this certain hardening that happens and there is this certain amount of prejudice that develops in life. We, we start developing opinions. It's amazing. Uh, my five-year-old granddaughter, she already has some opinions about life. It's amazing that as life progresses, how those opinions begin to really affect us and how they begin to uh, have sway on what we do or what we do not do. Please stay with me for just a few moments. I'm not going to bore you all morning. I am going to get to a point here in a minute. But there's something about life that has a way of thickening our skin, and so we, without even realizing, without even recognizing what's going on, we began to feel certain prejudices. As a result, life is not always pretty. It's not always like we want it to be. Life can certainly get hung up in some strange areas. But I think more than just the questions in life, that hang us up, and there are a lot of people that are hung up on them right now. There's a lot of things that we don't understand, and you get stuck in life. You don't know why. You don't know why me. You don't know why here. You don't know why it happened like this. And on and on the questions go. But how many people are sidelined by that in life? It's staggering. It it is amazing. That questions can bring a person to a standstill in life. Maybe not outwardly, but inwardly and spiritually. And in their own spiritual life, they can come to a place where their life begins to stagnate and they don't even realize it. They, they may know a lot about God and they, know, may know, they, they may know truth frontward and backwards, but 
they come to a point in life to where they have certain attitudes about it and certain predispositions about it that no matter what else is said or what else is done, they are locked into this world of unknown and what doesn't fit their uh, preconceived ideas. I have learned this much about life, that questions can do one of two things for you. They can lead you to discovery or they can lock you into disillusionment. And you are the one that will determine which one of those things happens. That the questions in life can lead you to find something deeper or learn something deeper or come to know something in a deeper measure or they can lock you in this world of disillusionment where you become hard and brittle and crusty. And the question that is posed in our text, I believe, is worth consideration. I, I believe that the question that Nathaniel posed was not something that was just casually thrown off the top of his head. I believe it was the result of something much deeper than that. And no one but God would truly know the reason, but it, it is supposed from the statement that Nathaniel made that the city of Nazareth held a certain uh, amount of disrespect in, in that time. And, and there, there was perhaps by the statement that he made the illusion that the people of Galilee were less cultivated or less cultured or they were more influenced by the Gentiles that they lived close to and mingled among. And because of that, there was this lower type of morale and moral and uh, religious thought and character in that area so that when they thought about Nazareth, you just kind of thought about it with this little... You know, something in the back of your mind, yeah, but I'm not going there. And uh, there, there, there seemed to be from his question the inference that that might be possible. But I, I did a little research and I discovered that a, according to most Bible scholars, there is no sufficient evidence to prove that there was something about that area that was... Uh, lower or lesser on the scale than any other region of the land of Israel. The Jews simply believed that Messiah was going to come from, according to Micah 5 and 2, Bethlehem. And nowhere else would Messiah come from. And so when Philip comes and he announces that he has discovered Messiah, and Messiah is Jesus of Nazareth. He could have stopped with Jesus, but when he said Nazareth, the door closed. The mind shut down, and for Nathaniel, he came to a reckoning point in his life. Because according to his way of thinking and his understanding and what he knew about Scripture... The Lord was not supposed to come from that region, but from Bethlehem. And so maybe that was the reason that he was predisposed to close that door and make such an observation 
or to ask such a question. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Or maybe it was deeper than that. Maybe Nathaniel had had some run-ins with that area. Maybe his history with that place was not a good history. And because of that, he had developed this attitude and this mindset and this spirit toward that place so that when anybody suggested that a Messiah, a Savior could come from that place, he shook his head and said, absolutely not. There is no way that anything of that nature or that grandeur or that goodness could come from such a place like that. And what staggers me at that question is that in his mind it was impossible for good to come from such a place as that. And he stumbled over that lowly city with its questionable reputation or his history with that place. And maybe that doesn't seem like much. Perhaps it was deeper than that. Maybe it was a deeper prejudice than even that. But whatever the case might be, whatever the reason, whether it was an area that was of ill repute or it was just something personal with him, what I come to understand is that in his mind he could not equate anything of worth coming out of there. And so he closed the door to an opportunity of a lifetime. And whether it was by prejudice or by some other reason, he allowed his mind to be influenced against that place and it formed such an opinion of that place that he almost lost his discipleship because of his attitude and his predisposition. Now, I didn't want you to get this quiet, folks. Some of you look like you're afraid to move. I was just needing some folks to put the phone down. Amen. It's not time to pay bills in church or text either one or Facebook. And so it got me to thinking. I'm sure Nathaniel's not the only one that's almost missed an opportunity of a lifetime. I'm sure that Nathaniel is not the lone ranger when it comes to asking can any good thing come out of that place? Rather than that, can any good thing come out of this place where I am right now? And sometimes we get this predisposed idea that in order for God to move and in order for God to touch and in order for God to do what we think He's got to do, it's got to be in a certain kind of setting. It's got to be in a certain location. You know, if we were in the other building, I, I could run the aisles, I could shout, and I could really rejoice. But, you know, it's just so odd being in a gym or a gymnasium. Worse than that, it was worse being in a school auditorium that was older than most of us. And I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying that sometimes we restrict the movement of God to a location when God said, if you understood me, I can move any place, anywhere, anytime. 
under any circumstance, under any situation. I am Lord over everything. So whether it's Nazareth or Friendswood School District Auditorium or a family center, locked into thinking auditorium. Don't let your life get locked into thinking that it can't happen here. Amen. Because I've come to deliver a message tonight or this morning. It can happen here. Many would dismiss my thought this morning as a as being unnecessary, and some might even have the attitude and response, well, Brother Hughes, he's entitled to his opinion. And you know, that's true. You are entitled to your opinion. But when your opinion or your attitude is keeping you from the blessing that God's trying to provide for you, I want to ask you, what do you want to hold on to? Your opinion or your attitude, or would you like to have an answer from God? Because there is an answer and there is a solution to the problems that you are facing today. But many of us are locked into this prejudiced idea that God's got to do it this way and we pray this way and God answers that way and we don't even, we don't even go to the door because God's coming in a way we didn't look for Him to. And so God's trying to move behind us and we're looking before, before us and what we need to do is turn around and just look all around us and say, God, I don't really know exactly where you're at right now, but I know wherever you are, you're capable of working out the problems in my life, and you're capable of bringing me to where I need to be so that I can know you better. Amen. Many, many, many opportunities are missed. Think of what is missed in a service because we're of an opinion. Well, you know, it's Wednesday night. It's Sunday morning. Sunday morning is supposed to start at 10 o'clock sharp or 10.30 sharp and end at 12 or 11.45 dull so that we can hurry and be first in line at, at uh, Luby's or wherever else is your favorite place, Popeye's. I don't know which you like, but we, we, we are of the opinion that it's a Sunday. Well, you know, if it was Sunday night, I think I could get into it. And all the time God is knocking on a door saying, I have an answer. I, I've seen you. I, I, I saw what was going on under that fig tree. It, it kind of opens up something else to my mind. What was happening under that fig tree with Nathaniel that so got the, caught the attention of God that he would make notice of him? Evidently, there was some mind searching going on. Maybe there was some soul searching going on in the private moments of his life. And he was saying, God, I know you're coming. Messiah is coming. I want to see Messiah. And all that he was praying for, God was answering him, but he could not receive it because it wasn't coming from where he thought it was going to come from. How many times do we miss opportunities because of an attitude? My Lord have mercy. I feel like preaching right now. There, there, there are families that are in dispute right now and they're in dispute not because there is no answer to their problems in their family but because there's an attitude in their family. There are people that are sitting here this morning that are in, 
in, in, in a, a dire situation and you need help, but if a certain person reaches out to help you, don't touch me. I'm going to meddle. I'm going to get down in your business this morning, all right? You don't ever know what hand may be reaching for you. Maybe the hand that's going to pull you up before you go down. And the hand that you least expect to be the one that could minister to you is the hand that's reaching for you right now. Make sure that you don't already have an attitude in your heart and mind. And you've, some of you have already checked out. That's the problem. Some of you have already said, you know what, I'm sick of this. I can't handle this. And you check out in life, and then you wonder why everything else doesn't work right. And you wonder why your family's in disarray. I want to tell you why. Because there's an attitude that's causing some problem that needs to be reckoned with. And that attitude is at the root of your unhappiness. And all Nathaniel had to do is get up and go see. And he found out when he got up and went to see that everything, that Philip had told him was true. There was the Messiah. I didn't expect him to come from that direction, but that's where he came from. You know what I've come to tell you? I've not lived long enough, but I have lived long enough to understand it doesn't matter which direction God comes from. If God's trying to get to me, I don't want an attitude or a spirit interrupting what God's trying to do in my life, and I don't want an attitude or an a, a mindset to bind the hand of God that's reaching out to help me where I'm at right now. Come on, lift your hands and praise Him right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. How many things are missed in life because we refuse to go into places that we don't want to go. How many times do we miss things because we are not willing to venture into territory that we're not comfortable in? Amen. You know, some of us are real comfortable with people coming to us to make restitution. But we're not real good at going to them to make restitution. We like it when people come fall on our shoulders and say, Oh, I'm so sorry I said that. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. We just relish that. But when it's our turn, we can think of a thousand reasons why they don't deserve it. And I'm not going to do it. Not in this lifetime. Well, folks, if you don't do it in this lifetime, you're not going to get to do it in the next one. You may want to, but you're not going to get to. Amen. How many times are we like Nathaniel? The evidence is there, but the location is not to our liking. They've set it down that it cannot be any other way, and that's the way it is. Amen. What a dangerous place to allow the mind to get to. To where you are so locked in by your prejudice or by your attitude that you miss the loving hand of God that's reaching out to you right where you are, trying to help you. What can be missed? What can be overlooked? What can be lost by a mindset like Nathaniel's? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? When the mind is so disposed, it doesn't matter what the potential might be in that place. When the mind is predisposed... It can stop you from what God is trying to do. 
You see, more than the questions of life that hang us up, I have come to learn as a pastor that it is a mindset more often than not that hangs us up, not the questions of life. It is a mind that will not enclose the fact that God is big enough, He's grand enough, He's awesome enough to do things that you hadn't figured out yet. Now, I don't, I'm not trying to assault your intelligence this morning. But I just want you to get a little perspective. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 10, the Bible says that he measured the heavens with a span. Now, a span, according to Bible knowledge, is the distance from right there to right there. That's a span. He measured the heavens in a span. Now, I want to give you a little perspective. If, if I had a round ball up here about eight inches in diameter and that was the sun and then I sent you on a journey of a thousand and fifteen hundred paces, yards, away from this ball right here, you would be reaching the limits of our solar system. Not our universe, just our solar system. Now, I don't know if that... Does that compute with you yet? All right. Give you a perspective. Our property is a little over a 1,000 feet deep. So if I was standing on that back road with a ball about the size of a bowling ball in diameter, and I sent you all the way across into that storage facility over there, even with a set of binoculars, when you reach that point, you could still not see that ball. That's how far if I could get it in your mind, in the universe. Now, let me, let me try to help you a little more. The sun to the earth is 93, how many, billion or million miles? Billion miles, 93 billion miles. The earth is the fourth or so out there somewhere. I'm, the earth's out there away from this sun here. Now, I can't fathom that. I mean, a yard, if you could understand this, that a yard, a, a three-foot segment, a, a pace, would be equivalent in this moon or the sun to the farthest reaches of the universe. And you're, I, I'm here with the globe, and you're over there in the storage facility at the reaches of about 1,500 paces, which one pace is equivalent to 3.6 million miles. That, if you can put your mind around it, is the distance across our solar system. And yet my Bible says that God measured that in the span. Now, you tell me he doesn't have a mighty big hand. My Lord, you talk about awesome. Goodness gracious. He holds... The waters of the world in the hollow of his hand. Now, how many billion cubic feet of water is there in the, in the earth? Anybody know that? Anybody remember science class? I wrote it down earlier, but I've already forgot. It just blew my mind. I just thought, I mean, you can't even hold two teaspoons of water in your hand. And yet God has in his hand... The whole 
of all the oceans and all of the water of the world. If all the water of the world was condensed into one massive ball, it would be 860-something miles through it. Not around it, but through it, diameter. Now, there again, if you started here and went 860 miles, you'd reach the other side of that bubble. And then you go up that far and you go down that far. And that's all the water in our, univ- our world, not our universe, but in our world. And the Bible says that he, he holds that in the palm of his hand. Now I want to ask you a question. When did you and I ever get to the place that we were smart enough or big enough or authoritative enough to tell God how he's going to do it and where he's going to do it and when he's going to do it and all of the other details about how he's going to do it. Folks, I just want to tell you something. I don't understand every way that God works, but I just know God does work, and I know he's a mighty God, and if he could measure the heavens with a span, and he could hold the water of the world in the hollow of his hand, then certainly he knows how to work things out in my life, and he knows how to bring me to the place where I need to be, where I can discover him in a great measure than I've ever known him before. And it may be in the most unlikely place, but please hear me. Don't let an attitude, don't let a predisposed mindset limit what God is trying to do in your life. What attitude or what perspective on life or what mindset am I wrestling with this morning? If I could just get it out of the way, would stop hindering my life and limiting what God is wanting to do for me. I wonder what attitude, if I could just get it out of the way, could move in my life the blessings of God. What, what is it? What, what mindset is there in my life that's keeping me from moving on with life? You know, there are things that happen in life, and I don't mean the heartaches. I mean a lot of stuff happens in life. And, and you know, people talk about you. They, get, they say things on Facebook about you, and they, they, they say things on Twitter about you. And, 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 and you know, that's, that's part of life. You know, it's just the way things are. And uh, if you're not careful, you get hung up there. And every time you come to church, you look across the aisle or the pew, all you see is that person sitting over there that you know did you wrong. And it was 25 years ago when it happened. Now I want to ask you a question. Have you changed in 25 years? This is very simple, folks. It's, yeah, this is yes, this is no. You changed in 25 years? Don't you think they've changed too? People hold on to grudges. They hold on to hurt feelings that happened 10 years ago, even 5 years ago. Something that was said, something that was done. They didn't like it. It hurt them and they hold on to that. And their life comes to a standstill. I wonder this morning... 
What would happen if somebody would wrestle that attitude down and wrestle that mindset down and say, you know what, you are not hanging me up another moment. I'm not living here another day. I am moving on with my life. If they're with me, that's good. If they're not with me, that's all right too because God's only going to keep around you the people that are needed for you to reach your destiny. That's a fact. Amen. What is it? What attitude is there that some of us are wrestling with right now that if we would just wrestle it down and get rid of it would help mend some relationships, mend a breach? What, what attitudes are we wrestling with that would bring healing to some wounds in life if we would just wrestle that down? You said, Brother Hughes, I don't think anything good can come. It doesn't matter really what I think. The fact is he is in Nazareth and he's waiting on you. Amen. He's got an answer for you. He knows all about you. He knows what's going on. I wonder what kind of spiritual rendezvous that God's trying to get some of us to that could change our life forever. And we're stuck in this mindset or this attitude or we've got this chip on our shoulder and we're going through life just, you know, wondering why nothing is working and nothing is is like we thought it was going to be when the truth is all I need to do is just dump some garbage that I've let accumulate in my life and say, you know what, I refuse to let my life be hung up on these things another day. I am not going to let it rob me of my joy or my peace. I'm not going to let them keep me awake another night. If they love me, great. If they don't love me, somebody else will. I'm going to find God because God has an answer to my dilemma and He knows what I need and He knows how to get it. I'm going to close. It's a state of mind that can get into a person's life and it can bind you and blind you. Amen. Blind you. I've dealt with some people through my pastoral years that if I could just take the blinders off of them, it would have been a whole new world. Every time you try to diplomatically negotiate them to a place where they could get a new perspective. It didn't matter if you took them to the Eiffel Tower. They had shades of blue on, and that's all they saw was blue. Am I meddling? Am I messing around with you this morning? I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not here to make you mad. I'm just here to tell you that there's some stuff God's got waiting for you. And there's some things God's wanting to do in your life. And the only thing that's got you where you are right now and is keeping you where you are right now is an idea that it can't happen. It can't happen here. It can't happen now. It can't happen with these circumstances. It can't happen with these people. I'm here to tell you that it can because God can and He will make it happen. Let's stand together. I wonder what kind of mindset holds us captive from the blessings of God that hold us in places that God's trying to get us away from. My Lord, I wish I knew how to preach this morning. I wonder what kind of mindset is keeping us in places that we don't even need to be. And God's calling us to where we need to be 
and we're stuck over here. Amen. Somebody said, I don't have a problem. Well, if you don't have a problem, then why are you where you are right now? Why do you wrestle with some of the things that you're wrestling with? It's a mindset. And it develops so so imperceptibly we don't even realize it's there. I don't even know if Nathaniel realized the prejudice that he had allowed to build up in his mind toward any place but Bethlehem. Bethlehem, that's it. That's the Mecca. of. That's where God's coming from. That's where he's going he's gonna to manifest himself. And the truth was he did manifest himself in Bethlehem. He just didn't stay there. You know what? Some folks are still stuck in a place and God's already moved on and they're still back there. Maybe God's trying to get some of us to move on. He's not in Bethlehem anymore. He's already moved on. He's, he, he's trying to get you to move on. Reach over and grab somebody by the hand. What's God trying to get you to this morning? What place is God trying to get you away from that you've been locked into? A mindset, a, 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 an attitude that's hurt your family. It's hurting your family right now. It's hurting your marriage. It's hurting relationship with other people. It's hurting relationships on the, on the job. Some of there, there are people that are about to lose their job because they can't handle they, they can't handle their attitude. They let it flare up, and they're about to lose a job because of something that's gone on in their mind or their life that they've not been able to get away from. And God's brought you to this Sunday morning service for a preacher to deliver a simple message that God's not in Bethlehem, but He is in Nazareth. And if you'll just come and see, God will prove to you. That He is the answer that you're looking for. That He has the answer to what you're hungry for. That He has the answer to what you're searching for. That He has the answer to your dilemma. Oh God, help me. Lord, there are people that are stuck in the past. They're stuck in some event that happened a long time ago. Something that's defined their life. And you've already moved from that place. You're in another location now, and we're, we're groping around trying to make our way when all the time you were waiting on us to rendezvous in Nazareth, waiting on us to get to that place where you are, where you can talk to us, where you can minister to us, where you can speak to us. Somebody right now needs to let the power and the presence of God that's in this building melt your stony heart. I prayed earlier this morning when we were worshiping. I said, oh God, touch my heart today and soften it. God, I plead with you today to touch my heart and soften it so that I will not resist what you're trying to bring to me or what you're trying to do in my life or the miracles that you're trying to bring or the place that you're trying to get me to that I will not be resistant to what you're trying to do in my life. And I'm praying right now for everybody in this building that you will let the Spirit of Almighty God draw you. Come on. Just do what Philip said. Philip said, come and see. 
If you will step out from where you are and meet me here at this altar today, I believe God's going to do something for you that will change your destiny. It will change your future. It could change your family relationships. It could change your marriage. It could change everything about your life. If you would just step out and say, God, I don't understand and I don't know, but I don't want to get hung up with an attitude and I don't want to get hung up in a mindset that limits what you want to do in my life. I don't want to get to the place, God, where I can only see you doing things in a certain place. God, you can do it right now. Holy Ghost, come. Come on, church family. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the presence of God. Power here, of God. Come on, reach out to the Lord. Right, right where you are, reach out to Him. God, me. I need your touch today. I need your hand upon you me today. I need your miracle power this morning. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes.